0: We're putting the band back together.
1: From the Twisted Minds, we brought you the original Fanball. We had a fan time with enough turn goat piss in the gasoline. This is the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast.
2: If you're dumb surround yourself with smart people and if you're smart surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you
0: and welcome back to another episode of the fanball fantasy football podcast i'm here today with jay clemens who is fine and john tubby how are you doing john
2: well, I'm also regularly fine, but I appreciate the, the... Just in case something might be a little askew, uh, but today we're fine. A-okay. Hey,
0: if you listened yesterday, Jay said, I am always going to be fine. Yeah, so. no, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's more of a radio thing. Like uh, whenever I, I would go, you'd go in studio a thing, and we would waste time of people asking you how you are every time. I'm fine right across the board. I'll let you know when I'm not... When, I, I'm never in a bad mood, so I guess it doesn't matter anymore. We'll get
2: T-shirts. Yeah. Just say, I'm fine. And then you know maybe four. you get four I'm fine shirts and one, eh. You know, you, you're in a bad <laughs> and wear mood, it on you wear the correct one. day. Yeah.
0: So I know. Bring a change I, of
1: clothes. I was telling, uh, you missed the story earlier. I was telling uh, Scott that uh, I came into work today and I, I couldn't find my phone. I had lost it in my car, but I knew it was in there. And the guy parked his car at the same time and I asked him to if I could borrow his phone. And he looked at it as if I had asked something really weird. I was like, I just need to find my phone somewhere. And he had no interest in participating in the discussion. So so uh, so other, so if you would ask me how I was five seconds after that, I might have been a little dis- disappointed in the human race there. But outside of that, I'm good. You weren't good.
2: feeling the Minnesota nice
0: today. Just call my phone. That's all I need. Uh, he wasn't having it. All right. So we are going to talk about running backs today. We, uh, we're we doing podcasts on the week one Sunday slate of pricing for fanball.com. Today we're going to talk running backs. We're going to talk who's the chalk, who are some values, who are some trap plays, maybe a couple minimum price players, or maybe just one. I don't know. There, <laughs> there, there was at least one that, that I thought might be of value. So let's start with the chalk. Who do, you think, uh, who do you think the chalk is, John?
2: Well, I've got Le'Veon Bell as the chalk. I think people are going to look at that. Uh, you know, It's ten grand. It's a, a shade lower than David Johnson. But you look at the matchup. He gets Cleveland. Uh, everybody runs against Cleveland. Uh, last year, he faced them once. 146 rushing yards, 55 receiving yards, scored a touchdown. That was in Week 11. Um, it, it's all set up for Le'Veon Bell to have a big game. If you're going to spend money at the running back position, that seems to me to be where you're going to spend it.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. In fact, I I think that was the first thing I had written down. Then I then I took it off. And yeah, it's just it, easy matchup. Top two running back, I, I think the top two is, have kind of solidified themselves. That, that, that's a player that a lot of people are going to own. But there are a lot of values this week, so maybe not. Maybe maybe people will avoid the high-priced ones. Jay, who's your chalk player this week?
1: Okay, chalk. I'm glad you didn't ask me about the Bell thing because I would like to talk about Bell later in, in a different <laughs> context. Uh, right now I'll say DeMarco Murray. Okay, There's a lot of good options at the top. Of guys that I think that'll do well, but the but we have recent history on our side, and it, plus for my money, I think uh, the Titans have a top three offensive line in terms of road graders and things like that. So uh, with that in mind, Murray had 145 total yards and one touchdown against Raiders last year, and then from weeks two to fifteen, that's a 13 game sample. He had 12 outings of either 100 total yards and or one touchdown. So. You throw that in the fact that they've got the, a top three offensive line, the Raiders' a run defense isn't very good historically. You know, last three or four years, I think this just spells big, big time numbers for uh, for for Murray in week one.
2: Do you agree with him, John? Yeah, I, I definitely. You know, for a lot of the reasons, I like Bell. Uh, good offensive line, past history did you know did some damage to this team last year. Um, is going to be the the guy getting the larger share of the workload. So, um, and, and you're saving yourself, what, $2,200 or $1,800 over, I don't know, do the math. What is $1,200. <laughs> $1,200. There we go. That's, that's a lot of big. I had to take off my shoe and come my toes. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. You're saving $1,200. You're still getting a very, very good play at the running back
1: position. You know, at some point we're going to need the Chevy Chase clip. Of, my I was told there would be no math yes. here. Yeah, like, yes. uh, we're going to need this.
0: <laughs> yes, that is that that might have to be something we throw in as an Easter egg. Tennessee also at the moment has the highest over under of the week, the highest Vegas over under of the week at fifty two. That Tennessee game, so really, <laughs> which I which I found a little interesting at first, but uh, Vegas sometimes knows what they're doing. So
1: they had a really uh, low over under for Bucks Raiders last year in. They went past it like at the end of the first half, and I was like, okay, maybe I need to stop thinking of the Raiders as a low-scoring group right. and that they have the potential to hit those numbers.
0: Right, Raiders, Tennessee, they're, they're expecting some offense. I had Todd Gurley, and uh, I think it's mostly matchup for me. Indianapolis was terrible against running backs last year. They just allowed yards upon yards, I think over 2,400 total yards to running backs. I suppose if you add
2: receiving. They... 2,440. Again, I'm doing the
0: math. Nice. How about that? If you had you know, receiving, right, right I right suppose the they allowed 17 total touchdowns to running backs. They allowed six touchdowns to receiving running backs through the air. That's not Todd Gurley's strength, but well, with Sean McVay, you don't know.
2: Exactly. It, it might be a role that Todd Gurley's is filling. It, it's not going to be Benny Cunningham you know anymore and it's not going to be Lance Dunbar he's hurt so they've talked about getting the ball into Gurley's hands more as a receiver.
1: Here's the thing that makes me un- nervous. Okay, would you would you agree that price what is it 7400?
2: 7400.
1: Does that seem high? I mean, or does it seem pretty much what you would think? I, that, that that's the that's point a lot I th- of I, th- I think he's I, I'm sure Sean McVay will do a great job with the Rams. But I'm not necessarily willing to bet my life on it for week one, even against the Colts. You know I've if anyone's listening to these podcasts, my respect for the Colts defense is not optimal. <laughs> 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 to take a John term. Suboptimal uh, or non optimal? It is not optimal. Okay. And so there, there's obviously a window of opportunity there. But at the same time, that's a that's pretty that's a high price to pay for a reasonably uncertain asset for week one
0: it The reason I think it's it's something that could be bought a lot of people might be in on is because of the matchup and because he's at least five hundred if not twenty five hundred dollars cheaper than those options above him sure. so i i I don't know that it's a value like you said I think mm-hmm. it's priced reasonably, but I think people could be on it at that exact value so Let's jump into some values. <laughs> Not exactly the smoothest transition, but let, let's talk about some actual values. Um, let's start with you, Jay. Who, do you, who's your, who's, who are some of your value well, plays I'll of the week? Well, I'll
1: give it to the one's a hunch, one's, one's based on reality. Uh, the hunch is Tevin Coleman. I've been saying to anyone that will listen this summer, if he was in any other backfield in the NFL, instead of lagging behind Devonta Freeman, I think he would be a lock and a, a, a robust No-brainer, lock for 1,420 yards and double-digit touchdowns. So I think against the Bears, he's certainly going to get his touches. History, though, tells us that Carlos Hyde at 6,200 is the better play. His last two seasons of playing week one at home he has scored two touchdowns both times and his average comes out to something like 138 total yards. So his last two week 1 appearances at home, 138 total yards and two touchdowns going against a Carolina defense that's okay but not necessarily great, uh hardly elite or prolific. Uh to me that just that that's Hyde will probably be a top 5 play regardless of numbers for me that week.
0: I think both of those are really good plays. Atlanta, Tevin Coleman's team their over-under is 51, the second highest of the week. So there could be a lot of scoring there as well.
1: I'd be honest, uh, I hadn't thought about it right now, but I think I'd go under for that one because I think the Bears know where their bread is buttered, that they're going to have to slow games down this year. They can't afford to have big shootouts. And uh, um, I just
0: wonder if late in the game they're so yeah. far behind they have to yeah. <laughs> start. But you don't
1: it. need Coleman... Coleman's productivity has nothing to yep. do with the score of a game. Right, like he, I know. He's it's just more opportunity. No matter what. Yeah.
0: If the score goes higher, there's just more opportunity. Sure. He is productive without the score going high. That's absolutely true. John, who do
2: you have? I like Jonathan Stewart. Um, so do I. Against the uh, 49ers. I know it. they, they spent high draft picks on, on beefing up that defense, but they were abysmal last year against the run, and they were – they didn't rank that badly, uh, the 49ers, in pass-catching backs, in stopping pass-catching backs. So that's something they actually did quite well because everybody was beating them up between the tackles and on the ground. Well, if we're reading the tea leaves right on the Panthers, that's Jonathan Stewart's gig, or at least you know, to start the season. I don't think we're going to see him come out and give Christian McCaffrey you know, 20 carries between the tackles and then throw to him a bunch of times. So... The Carolina offense, as we know it, and as it transitions to what they eventually, I think, need to become with Christian McCaffrey and some of the other assets they've put in place, that offense doesn't match up with the 49ers defense the way that Jonathan Stewart, I think, does. And Stewart is what, $500 less than, than Christian McCaffrey at $5,300. i would rather, if, if I'm going to take a, a value back, I'm looking at Jonathan Stewart instead of Christian McCaffrey.
1: I don't... Yeah. So I high. guess, yes, I, I do think so. Back, who you know, just like Tuvy said, won't get a lot of touches between the tackles. That 5,800 seems like kind of... Well, I think good. it's
0: also playing into the mentality of the person playing the game. Exactly. That you kind of like Vegas puts the line where you're sure. going to get even money. No, no, I, and that right. might be what's going that. on with McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh I, before you do, I know you might have another one here, John, but I had McCaffrey in there as well just because I love that matchup. The, the 49ers last year, worst against fantasy running backs. They allowed like 300 more yards and like three or four more touchdowns than any other team to, to running backs. And I, I think it could support too. I mean, listen to the, some of the players that had like 100 yard and a score or two score games last year. Kristen Michael. Jacise Rogers, Mark Ingram, LeGarrette Blount, David Johnson twice, I mean, Jordan Howard, Bilal Powell, Tevin Coleman, like all these players had like 120, 140, 150 yards, a touchdown or two. It's not hard to imagine that even split up, both of these players can have good weeks.
1: Can I play the role of Debbie Downer here for a second? Let's do, do it. You often do. You know, I mentioned Carlos Hyde's prolific success week one, last two years. Yeah. Well, that, that goes to the defense as well. Forget what you want. Say what you want about the 49ers as a collective debacle, mess, whatever. Week one, the last two years, they've le- uh, the defense has surrendered a grand total of three points. Mm-hmm.
2: New coaching staff.
0: I all, all, Yeah, but you yeah. could say the same thing the last two
1: years. <laughs> I, I will say
0: this. Last year, the Rams last year was the Rams week 1 and they were offensively terrible. And the year before, Minnesota did not show up for that no, game they didn't. No, they didn't. at they, all, which is weird because they
1: played really well in week 2 of memory circuits. Like uh,
0: um, I'm trying to remember, but I don't remember yeah. who they played week 2, but I do remember they they looked better.
2: And and you get a Carolina offense that you know, I've yeah, been they beat the Detroit, Detroit twenty six to they They're now. completely in transition, so maybe they're catching Carolina at the right time, and they don't have all of the uh, mechanisms in place to to become the the dump off, uh, you know, short passing game team that uh, that they look like they need to become.
1: Obviously, we do a lot of podcasts here, so we're going to talk after Week One if. The 49ers should somehow repeat this absurd trend yeah. of hide super high in the this defense. This is another eat my computer world. thing. Is we're going to have to chalk it up to this is the this normal, is, this They're is how they end the season. Regardless of coaching staff, and, they, and then just don't sell, sell, sell after that.
0: Yep. Three years, if they do it three years in a row, that, that's a trend. Okay. I and mean, that's definitely a trend for sure. Uh, it might even be a trend now, and we just don't realize it, like you said. Uh, I had another one Bilal Powell. Uh, let me just throw both of them. I had Bilal Powell and jaquise Rogers. They're priced about the same at fifty two, fifty three hundred. 53 hundred. I think that, I mean, they have really good matchups and, uh, yeah, they just have really good matchups They're They're like, when you get that far down on the list in prices, they're, they're starting running backs at those prices. I mean, you can grab one of them. You can get a defense and a tight end and Bilal Powell for the price of David Johnson. So
2: I'm on board, you know, I've, I've got him, uh, and green highlighter on my computer screen as well, which is kind of embarrassing because I actually used a green highlighter and <laughs> I have to wipe <laughs> that That's off not when we're come done. Off. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, it's, you're, you don't go into your draft or auction wanting to add jets, but this might be an opportunity using daily fantasy to actually get some mileage out of the jets. And uh, it does stack up well for Paul. I want to throw out one more name as well. And, uh, it's, again, a guy that I've been talking about all preseason. Now he's dealing with a, a little bit of hamstring injury. I wish uh, you know, the prices would have been set after he got nicked up because it would drop him from 6000 But I still think uh, $6,000 on Danny Woodhead against the Bengals is a, a pretty good value for a team that allowed, the I believe, the third most receptions to running backs. This is the guy that's going to be the third down, the pass-catching back on a team that's led the NFL each of the last two seasons in passing attempts. And, you know, they've, they've thrown to the tight end quite a bit, but they're kind of going Spinal Tap Drummer on their tight ends, <laughs> and uh, who knows what they're going to have left. I think Danny Woodhead picks up some of that slack, and uh, for six grand I'd be more than happy to uh, add Danny Woodhead to my DFS lineup in week one. Is
1: Spinal Tap Drummer, are you – Making the point that they go through them a lot, like there's yeah. they, they yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, they can't stay
2: healthy. They can't you know, I think uh yeah, Joe Stumpy Mitchell is the the new tight end that they just signed to go behind Max Williams. You, you don't
1: see a lot of spinal tap references for fantasy football and that don't involve the number eleven. So that was that's <laughs> kinda weird, you know? No, we're not gonna play Stonehenge tonight. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
0: So, yeah, the the Bengals allowed 92 receptions to running backs last year. I mean, that's an average of just on, right around six per game, and that's definitely Woodhead's role.
2: Yeah, Woodhead could easily get six. I'd, I'd put the over-under. It's Assuming the hamstring's healthy and he's in the lineup 100% for week one, I'd go five, five and a half. I'll set the Vegas line on that. Oof, yeah. I
0: think we need a board bet send, now. Send your action. <laughs> I, I, I actually might take the over on that <laughs> as well. All right, let's talk some trap plays. Some, some guys that we don't like that are just priced too high for our, for our taste, and we think that they could have actually bad weeks. First off, uh, we do have Elliot in our pricing. He's stuck in there. Uh, we don't know if he'll play week one. He is at. I think nine, that would
1: be the very definition of a trap play. You know, yeah, I, he's nine thousand dollars. Yes, yes.
0: I'm just mentioning this isn't one of my picks or any of our picks. I just thought I'd mention it. it's a clear trap.
2: <laughs> and, clearly- and while you're mentioning that, we should mention that because there was uncertainty at the time that the prices were being set. We've got Darren McFadden at fifty-seven hundred. Well, you think if Elliott doesn't play, hey, I get a backup for cheap, but. It's not a real good matchup against a, a nope. Giants defense that played very well against the run last year, so that's even a little aggressive for uh, for Darren McFadden pricing. So I think Far the Cowboys is uh, yeah, this is definitely a, a situation to avoid. Uh, week one uh, running backs.
0: Jay, let's go to you first this time. Who's who's your trap play? Who don't you want anything to do with? Well,
1: I don't want people to to misunderstand what I'm trying to say. I have Le'Veon Bell at ten thousand, just because it's too the, the much coming back. But it's it's too much for a guy coming back, especially when I know um, Antonio Brown has a wonderful track record against uh, uh, the Cleveland. Uh, you know, and I'm presuming the weather will be mm-hmm. pass friendly and all that stuff. It, but don't You've- do not misunderstand here. I just wrote. A very long thing on Le'Veon Bell yesterday that was posted on fanball.com. It lists it, at a minimum thirteen reasons why he's the greatest fantasy player <laughs> of all time. So do not misunderstand me. I just don't like paying super premium uh, numbers for run, for dollars for running backs. You know, as much as I love Bell, it, you know, I probably only pick him, if I'm picking one daily team per week. I probably you know for Sundays, I probably only pick him five six times a year because I just hate spending that amount of money. Right. Um, for the other guy, let me see who I had. I didn't put him down in the right. sheet, my bet. Um, but I would probably say Ty Montgomery. I, I think it's been established that I'm not the biggest fan of Ty Montgomery. The Seahawks have the, the number one rush defense last year, whatever mm-hmm. that accounts yep. for now. Um, I will say Montgomery had, what, 86 yards and a touchdown against Seattle last year. So I'm certainly open to looking like a fool with that pick.
0: No I well that that was my pick so <laughs> I obviously agree with you Jay that that time Montgomery is is oh. definitely a guy that it's mostly matchup based I mean week one you got to go on the matchup you got he's going to be the starter it, it seems but uh yeah I'm basically you you made many of the points that that I would have J- John who's your guy?
2: Uh, right around that same price range, seventy three hundred. I'm avoiding Marshawn Lynch. Uh, we've talked about the Raiders Titans game having a, a high over under, um, but you look <laughs> at what uh, what the Raiders can do offensively. They have lots of ways they can beat you. Why go through a defense that was top five in running in fewest running back rushing yards allowed, top five in running back touchdowns? Allowed? I believe they might have been were they second in the league, second fewest. I see a, there's a five, and they allowed six. So what's Marshawn Lynch's job is going to be to score at the goal line against a defense that doesn't necessarily allow that to happen. So I think there's other ways that the Raiders can beat you. I don't think they need to load up Marshawn Lynch. He's not going to be a volume guy. I mean, that's not what they brought him back to do is be a 25-carry guy. They want him to to punch it in at the stripe. He reduces his odds for, for a touchdown. I'm going to spend that money elsewhere.
1: You guys have been doing drafts by now. Like, you've had at least one draft. I'm just, <laughs> Lots, yeah. I'm just blown away by how everyone is like, oh, it's not a big deal. He was retired for a year. He's coming to a new offense. He'll be fine. Like, our our county charge has him seventh overall in it, a PPR. It depends that's, on the league. That's beyond ridiculous to me. And it, do, I guess it doesn't shock me that uh, his value for week one would be really high on it from, yep. uh, you know, down Yeah,
0: and it might play into that, that Vegas, you know, get people on both sides yeah. of it kind of thing. I will say I've been in drafts where he goes in the second, which I'm like, whoa. And then I've been in drafts where he goes in the fourth and the fifth, and I'm like, that's good value. That's, I, you Oh, know. no, that's fine. Yeah, um, that that's but, where um, I like it. There's no way so.
1: he's my running back one or even running back two, you know. Yeah. It, you know. That's yeah.
0: Yeah. As a as a three as a three certainty. you're happy. He yep. does
1: not provide me with cost certainty right now. But right. lots
0: of Skittles. I do sure. I do have a couple. I'm just gonna mention quickly. Leonard Fournette, we're not even sure what the running back situation or the quarterback situation is in Jacksonville right now. And uh, I, I'm I'm just a little worried at sixty four hundred. I think there's far better options and Legarrette Blunt might not make the team at this point. No, no, no but don't buy we don't know that. what's going to happen. Like,
1: uh, this is why media reports. It was one report, and now Doug Peterson had to come out yesterday and say, <laughs> "Where's this coming from?" He is a vital okay. part of the offense. I you know? will
0: say this. I will say this. I did see that that vital part of the offense. He's not looked good to me. At all. And there are several reports saying that he has not looked good in practice. Here's the deal.
1: Has Garrett Blunt ever looked good in any other NFL uniform except for the Patriots? I remember him having one good game with the Buccaneers. That's it. You know, it's like (laughs) maybe it's just – he's super comfortable there and you know it's not like the eagles paid a lot of money for him i think it was 3.1 million but it was basically non-guaranteed you know especially if he doesn't make it week 1 so uh you know so, this could be a weird case where they cut him and then re-sign him for week 2 <laughs> after that you know <laughs> or he re-signs in guaranteed. new england yeah. for <laughs> yeah.
0: but yeah at 6100 i mean like you mentioned you got a guy right above him 6200 in Carlos Hyde and right below him 6000 in Danny Woodhead. Oh, yeah. in that it's it's hard not to even a consideration Yeah, in he's neighbor. he's definitely a trap play for me because I'm I don't know what to trust in that backfield at this point. All right, there might be a few minimum price players that you want to put in your flex. We we thought we'd mention a few of those cuz I, you know, going through I saw some I really liked. One I really kind of liked at, at minimum value $3000 is Tarek Cohen for the Bears. He's looked pretty good in preseason. Uh, Jordan Howard is definitely not the pass catcher. I mean, he he dropped five passes in one game. That's that's basically a skill at that point.
2: That's you you move a guy like that to defense. You know, <laughs> if you you see that in a game, and the next day that guy's playing cornerback because he's obviously athletic, but uh, he's he's knocking down passes. And you you saw Cohen look good in the preseason to the point that John Fox said we're going to find a way to get this guy involved. Well, it's not going to be between the tackles, which is where Jordan Howard does all his heavy lifting, but Week one, they play the Falcons, and the Falcons gave up more uh, receptions to running backs than anybody. Were they, 109, more than anyone in the league. Were they first or second in yardage? They, they were definitely top five they in yardage. Were,
0: it looks first. Looks and like first. I
2: believe they gave up also the most receiving touchdowns. So yep. whoever the Bears receiving running back is going to be, and right now all signs point towards Cohen, uh, definite opportunity. And like $3, you said, $3, for, for <laughs> Bear Bottom's price, why not take a shot?
0: Yeah, that is that is a high upside shot. I had another in Wendell Smallwood. You know, there are reports that, that the coaching staff actually thinks he could be a three-down back. I don't know that I agree with that. But, I mean, in that Eagles game with, with what's going on with Blunt and, and Smallwood might get some work. Any thoughts on Cohen or Smallwood, Jay?
1: I don't know. Here's the deal. All these conversations we're having – I'm I'm pretty okay with a lot of the prices that we have at other positions. Thank God I don't have to pick a minimum salary guy for the week because I just don't know if any of these guys are really certainly. I will buy Cohen. He looks pretty strong. Yeah. Um, you know I don't try to watch every single second of the preseason, and mm-hmm. yet I've seen a lot of the Bears so far. Right. And uh, Cohen certainly looks good. Uh, I thought Jeremy Langford, uh, Kareem Her- Carey would be guys that would be firm number two guys, but they've there's certainly a window of opportunity there for Cohen. Yep, and and one last one. I
0: think it could be. I think secretly this this might end up being Vareen's year instead of, instead of Paul Perkins, <laughs> because Vereen is the receiving back and he he's just a couple of years removed from being pretty good. He I had like had Paul Perkins. Chance.
1: He had I think, like, right. If anybody's getting that chance, but, it's Wayne Gallman. And here's the deal. You know. think so? Wow. Do you really want to take a chance on anybody from the Giants? I mean that that offensive line is a train wreck. And yeah, uh, it is a turnstile. And that
2: might lead to them not going with the rookie unless Gallman has demonstrated he but, can hold up in pass protection. It might be the veteran Vereen who, the just for that.
1: Dream, like, I'm not, we're, I mean, we're, know, yeah. we
2: are arguing $3,200 <laughs> players here. <laughs> no, is, is I, I'll give you truth.
1: one like real quick. Kenyon Drake, I know mm-hmm. J.I. J. will command all the attention and the, the receivers that everyone needs a lot of miles to feed. I will say, though, uh, his last three games – Uh, Last season, Drake touched got at least four or more carries every time. And he's a guy that's pretty – he's got a nice toucan Sam-like nose for the end zone. He's good on (laughs) kick returns. He could always have one touchdown. If you're looking for a minimum salary guy for week one, there are worse plays than Kenyon Drake.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a guy I've grabbed at the end of – Many of my drafts this off season, mostly because I own Jai in every league. So, uh, we, I
2: think we'd be derelict in our duty if we didn't throw out uh, Kyle Uzcheck as an. Oh as yeah, well, yeah! Uh, against I, I, a, a Carolina defense that allowed 101 running back receptions last year, now, only one touchdown, and that's that's where you would get value out of Uzcheck. Basically, but,
1: Kyle Uzcheck is this oh. year's John Kuhn. Where if you guys to pick one fullback out of the group who's going to vulture everything, he's going to frustrate everybody, maybe even be decent on a PPR level, it's It's Usech. Yeah, last year, Juszczyk,
0: I believe, had 50-ish targets, over 40 receptions. So, uh, And they said they do want to use him in that role. They, in fact, have him in tight end and running back meetings.
1: check well, is probably one of those guys that will do great in contests of two or four games, You know, where it's a little tight contest, and you have to find somebody minimum salary or 3200 whatever and and he'll he'll carry the load for you
2: file him away because you see you saw what patrick demarco did last year in a kyle shanahan offense i think use check they they paid a little bit of money to to bring him in to do that in san francisco
0: yeah and I, i was gonna look it up last last year he had one two three four four games over seven fantasy points in fan ball scoring. So it, it, is, it is going to be a little tough to know when to play him, but he did have 37 receptions on 49 targets. So that is a role that, that's uh,
1: it's almost Adrian Peterson-like. Here, here we go. In
2: nine <laughs> seasons as an offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan fullback's fullbacks have 44 rushes, 153 yards, five rushing touchdowns, plus 110 receptions, 1067 receiving yards and eight touchdowns on 168 targets. Wow. Kyle Shanahan feeds numbers, you know? he <laughs> feeds the fullback, you know, at, for $3,000 like you said in a where you know where you've got a shorter window and, and it's you know we lose three games in this Sunday slate. 3 grand I I might feel the of 3 grand I'll throw 3 grand at him and fill out the rest of that
1: it That sounds like a blog post in itself I mean that those are not bad numbers like for, no matter it, how for you for a for a it's like, yeah. like I'll take that right out I'll take that right off the
2: board that's over 9 years instead of 1 year <laughs> but
0: um, this is yeah. The, yeah, the, this is really bottom of the barrel diving here. I, I think my hey, money sometimes is on you Cohen. Scrape. <laughs> my money is on Cohen out of all these players we've listed, but
2: there is, there is some potential there. I, uh, I'm I'm sensing a bit here. A whiteboard bet on minimum price running back and maybe hey, every position. Hey, Buck Allen I, for
0: the Ravens isn't oh, a terrible I, call. No. I I, I I'm get like me really started on bad Buck bad Allen. Yeah, Robert Turbin. <laughs> Robert Turbin seven touchdowns last year. Ah, uh, you never know. There are some free guys that, that are interesting. So if you've filled out your entire lineup and all you have is like, like $3,300 left, there's, a, there's some interesting options at the running back position. Okay, <laughs> that's a lot of running back info for you. Let's, let's get on out of here, and we'll talk about a different position later. So four at ScottFish24, four, four at M-I-N underscore J Clemens, and four at J2V, thanks for listening. Have a great day.